The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. Welcome into Payoff Pitch. We are Action Network's MLB betting podcast. Our division previews continue you can find all of them wherever you get your podcast, Payoff Pitch. We are presented by BetMGM. Today, we are discussing the American League West. Sean Zarillo and Charlie Disturco in the house for today's episode. You can find picks during the regular season, Payoff Pitch podcast. Go follow it now, and it's all taken care of before the month of April comes around and when the season begins. We'll get right into it, fellas. We'll start with Zarillo. Astros are minus 200, favored to win the division. Last year, soared over their win total, projected at 91 and a half, 106 win season, reached the World Series, as we know. Uh, 96 and a half wins is their total at BetMGM. Cirillo, are you high enough on this team to want to lay the 200 to win the division, or what are some angles on betting Houston this season? Yeah, I like a ton of player props on this team from a win total perspective. It is going to be a pass for me from now. We will wait until closer to opening day like we are going to with the Mets, some other teams like that. See if more money comes in on these win total overs because the Astros have been just the standard for consistency over the past five years. I believe they've made five straight AL championships. It's tough to doubt this team until we see something different. They're clearly ahead of the rest of the league. They're ahead of projections. The composite projection last year had them at 87.6 wins. I bet their win total under coming off of that World Series loss. Obviously, they exceeded that by roughly 20 wins, and that 106-win season was justified, 106 Pythagorean wins as well. So I would lean under here. I have Houston at 97, 93.7. If it gets up closer to 97 wins on their total around opening day, I would consider betting that under. The market projections, though, do like the team to go under again. Zips has them at 89.4. So looking at the projection market, the average projections, my composite projection, 95 and a half under would be a play. I would probably wait till closer to opening day and try to grab a 97 though. In terms of player props, I love Jordan Alvarez this season. Hasn't picked up a bat yet, likely to next week. 
So he's saying AL MVP, home run leader, runs leader, RBI leader, 14 to 1, 12 to 1, 10 to 1 RBI leader, and then 25 to 1 runs leader. He is my RBI leader on a per plate appearance basis and by a large margin. He is 10th in runs per plate appearance. His stats last year, the lollipops on his baseball savant page, everything was basically at 100% for hitters. He's the best hitter all around, I think we've seen in the StatCast era, possibly better than Juan Soto. And he's actually playing left field now too. So in terms of getting towards an MVP, racking up that wins above replacement, he's not getting the DH contributions from fielding. He's actually getting playing time in the outfield. So a lot of reasons I like Jordan Alvarez. If healthy, I think he's the best hitter in baseball, even better than Juan Soto. But him not picking up a bat yet obviously has me a little concerned. And then in terms of Cy Young, Christian Javier, talked about him a bunch at the end of last year. Cy Young, 25 to 1, K leader, 40 to 1. And then wins leader as well at 30 to 1. I also have Framber Valdez for wins leader too. So great team from a player prop perspective, have a lot of high-end talent. And I would expect them to keep being good in the regular season, which is why I'm not really afraid their win total under. The one thing I will say, I did not love what happened with ownership and James Click. The fact that they keep pushing out these GMs and they're starting to trend back towards a scouting perspective rather than the analytical angles that have gotten to this point. So if the Astros fall off, if this dynasty falls off in the next year or two, I really would not be surprised if they eventually start to decline. So in the rotation, they subtract... Verlander, but they're still pretty deep. You and I should mention too, Zarillo and Colin Whitchurch have the preseason uh betting betting update with the new rule changes and how to go about uh tailing or going against pitchers with the new rules of the pitch clock. Point being with the Astros, uh Verlander out, they still have a pretty deep rotation and Charlie, with the addition of Abreu, you're also pretty high on uh, an angle with their lineup as well from a player prop perspective. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm also agreeing with Zarello here on Jordan Alvarez, most home runs. Probably will join him on the MVP here. If you look at his numbers just from a baseline perspective and you take away, you know, Judge's historic season, he was just nine home runs away from Kyle Schwarber last season in 20 less games. And that includes him having a huge decline in power when he battled an injury. And as Zerillo mentioned, you know, he's getting back into putting the bat in his hand. And you look at his stat cast page, you look at his baseball savant page, it's 100%, 99% in every metric. So love Jordan Alvarez there. And just to piggyback off Zerillo's point on Javier, I'm also on him to win the Cy Young. If he gets the innings, I mean, he's, as far as talent and stuff perspective, as good as every single player, uh, pitcher in the American League. Look at him in the postseason, 12 and a third of one run ball, just two hits. Gets a ton of strikeouts, top 5% of all pitchers in expected ERA, expected slugging, and his strikeout rate is over 33%. So you look at just how good he is from like an expected metrics perspective and how good he was in the playoffs and the second half of the season, a 179 ERA and 78 in the third innings. If he gets the innings pitched, he's going to win or at least be in the top three for Cy Young candidacy. Towards the end of the season, he basically ranked up there with any pitcher in terms of my projection model. Like any starting pitcher, I would have put him up there against. I was betting on him consistently in the second half. They also signed him to an extension. And you look at the people around the Astros, the people who know baseball, everybody basically says this guy could replace Verlander as the ace of the staff this year. So I think across the board, not only looking at the metrics, but looking at the way he's treated, the way he was given money, I think it's pretty apparent how high their opinion of Christian Javier is. And, and, and he was, and just, he's 28 to one is just an absurd number for him at this point. And, and, you know, it should be down in the, in the teens, if not 15, yeah. Where those other are. 
Zerillo, at what point would you be interested in the Astros from a World Series perspective? Of course, that would depend on how they start. If you're interested in it, if you're leading a win total under, could you see yourself getting in on the Astros if they get off to a slower start? They're at plus 600 right now at BetMGM. Eventually, yes, but I would probably need them to become plus money to win their division at some point. What are they around minus 250-ish right now? So they would really need to get off to a slow start. Maybe Jordan isn't in the lineup and, you know, my MVP bets, my stat leader bets are dead on arrival because he misses opening day and the injury is actually worse than we thought. Lance McCullers injured to start the season. I love Hunter Brown. I think Hunter Brown's going to be electric. Um, so they, they do have depth. They have guys that can replace their pieces, but yeah, if they get off to a slow start, awful April, slow enough to the point where they get around, I don't know, minus 150 to win their division, something like that. They're still absolutely loaded. And as you will see, I'm not as high on their direct competitor in the Seattle Mariners. Yeah. Mariners plus 300 to win the division at BetMGM. Win total set at 87 and a half. Last year, the M's won 90 games. They surged down the stretch. 84 and a half, their projection last year to get to those 90 games. So they soar over their win total. They add Teoscar Hernandez in the offseason. Zerillo gave it to me. Explain as to why um, you're you're down on this team, too. Yeah, I, I was one of my favorite win total under bets last year. The Seattle Mariners, they drastically overachieved our run differential two years ago legitimately won 90 games last year. Pythagorean record of 89 wins. Their actual record had 90 wins. Their composite projection coming into the year was at 80. Excuse me. And every win total across the projection market, like they're under, that is the case here. I am at 85.4, Pakoda 81.8, Zips 83.5, and Davenport 84. So all four projection systems like them to go under their win total this year. They didn't do it last year. Some reasons why they could, or the, the primary reason why they might, is defense. They tied for ninth in defensive run save last year. They were plus 35, but plus 25 because of the shift. And they were also a bottom 10 base running team. So I do think they'll be injured by the new rules this year, not being able to shift. Their bullpen will remain phenomenal, but bullpen's more likely to rest back to the mean than any other aspect of your team. So maybe the bullpen falls off a little bit. Maybe the defense hurts them. I wouldn't bet this personally below 88 wins. I got an 88 and a half when it initially opened. The composite projection likes this to about 87 and a half and the market projection likes it down to 86 and a half. So combining my projection, the composite projection, I'm willing to compromise around an under 88, maybe an under 87 and a half, but I wouldn't go below that. 88 and a half was too high. Still think the Mariners are a very good team and very likely to make the playoffs. I would have them as one of the wildcard teams, but I just think this win total is a touch high considering the likely improvements we're going to see from the Mariners or the the, uh, the Rangers and the Angels. And as I will eventually get to the athletics as well. Mariners at minus 225 to make the playoffs right now at BetMGM. Charlie, what angles would you like to uh, dive in on with the Mariners? Yeah, um, I kind of near Zavella with this one. I don't really have a, a player uh, like take or a proper future to make on this team. I do think that I'm higher on other teams in this division, uh, which is why I'm tent- tentatively lower on the Mariners. I don't think Teoscar Hernandez, like, as much as they picked him up and added him from Toronto, I mean, he's playing in a way pitcher-friendly park compared to Roger Center, so that could take some power off his bat. And really, they they replaced Mitch Hanniger, uh, Carlos Santana, Jesse Winker with AJ Pollock, Teoscar Hernandez, and Colton Wong. I'm not so sure that that really is a 
plus maybe from a defensive angle, but I'm just kind of like not high on this team in general. Logan Gilbert has been a guy I faded a lot last year. Uh, I think he wildly overperformed with a high or low four expected ERA, nearly a run higher than what he did. Bottom 5% hard hit rate. So he gets hit hard. He just wasn't, you know, beaten as badly. Uh, Doesn't really generate many chases either. Like the upside of Kirby here uh, and and Luis Castillo is dominant, but there's not much for me here. I, I, Seattle always seems to be a team that I can't read that well uh, on a, on a future basis or sometimes game by game, but I'm, I'm lower than most are I'd say, or like the general public is on Seattle. Okay. So I actually do like this team a lot from a player props perspective. Uh, I mean, Julio Rodriguez, I think some of his numbers, AL MVP 10 to one, that's probably about right, but I'm willing to bet that at that number every year until he wins one. Cause he will win one or multiple eventually. Home run leader, 50 to one, his power metrics compare with anybody in baseball. He hits the ball as hard as anybody. And then runs leader as well, hitting lead off in that lineup at 20 to one. If Julio plays every day, he will be in the conversation for runs leader at the end of the season. A couple more stolen base leader, Dylan Moore at 50 to one. He ranks second in steals per plate appearance. So if he gets more playing time than you project, he's going to be right up there with league leaders. Uh, George Kirby, 80 to one for AL Cy Young. I project him eighth or sorry, I project him 10th in wins above replacement per inning pitch. So per average playing time, he's only projected to get around 150, 160 innings. If he ends up getting closer to that 200 inning mark where your styling leaders are going to be, I would rank him right there with those guys. It all comes down to workload for him. So George Kirby, phenomenally talented, getting a lot of Greg Maddox comparisons with him too, which is very interesting. His control is phenomenal for a guy's age. Maybe a little, little bit lofty on the Maddox stuff, but that is the type of pitcher he is. His control is just phenomenal. And then lastly, Cal Rally, big dumper, 201 to lead the league in home runs. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen, but I project him 18th on a per plate appearance basis. Maybe he gets some DH at bats. I mean, he was injured last year and he hit basically 30 home runs. Uh, and they don't really have a lot of bats in their lineup that you would need to cram into that DH spot because they're so potent. They're going to be looking for offensive stars. So if Rally's hitting, they're going to play him as much as possible. Yeah, I'm riding that one with you. I, I, even before the show, we talked about it. I, he, the power that he has, I mean, he can hit that 35, 30, 40 home runs if he gets the at bats. It's just a matter of if he gets the playing time and whatnot. And and he is him and Julio are the two of the better hitters in this lineup for me. All right, from a win total perspective, we'll go to the Rangers next. When your indexes look behind you. That's where the Rangers gonna be. Rangers plus 1,000 at BetMGM to win the West. 82.5 is their set win total. They won 73 games last year, fell just short of the over. Their projection was at 74.5. Zerillo, one thing that jumps out to you when you, again, from a win total perspective, if you haven't checked it out already, Zerillo's 2023 MLB mega betting preview is up really dives into all of it, provides all of the the different locations you can find projections than his own projection. And something that you uh, do bring into effect quite a bit, I feel like, even during the season, is we talk about defense. And the Rangers mm. were not, uh, not a great defensive baseball team. And that's why, despite their addition in DeGrom in the rotation, they go get Seager as well. Um, you're not too high on this team. No, I think they're right around where their win total should be, about a 500 team. Uh, some of their projections are higher than me. Pakoda has them closer, or Zips has them closer to 82 wins. I'm right around there as well. 
Uh, but I think everybody kind of sees them right as a 500 team. There's probably not too much upside there, but also the floor is very high too. Mm. So I wouldn't expect a bad season in Texas. I just don't think there's any value betting into their one total right now, even though they were a bad defensive team last year. And I do expect them to be worse without being able to shift. They were a phenomenal base running team and they have a ton of speed. And Bubba Thompson is a guy I like as the steals leader at 41. He projects as my steals leader on a per plate appearance basis. I think he's the best pure base stealer in professional baseball right now. Just the product of playing time. How much playing time does he get? How many pinch running opportunities does he get? But I have him right up there with anybody in terms of steals. And he's 40 to one to be the steals leader. I think Corey Seager is going to have a monster year. He was cost as much by shifting as any hitter in baseball in recent seasons. So Corey Seager, 50 to one, the win the AL MVP, I think is interesting. If the Rangers do end up getting a wild card spot, Seager probably has a massive year in addition to Marcus Semyon, but Seager is the better player of the two. He projects as the seventh best player in the American League for me on a per plate appearance basis. So again, playing time, staying healthy. He's a top seven player in the AL. Got paid $300 million or whatever. So that justifies that too. But 50 to one should not be his price for AL MVP, considering where I rank him amongst American League players. So I like where the Rangers are heading. I think signing all these pitchers the past two seasons helps kind of bridge that gap and get them competitive until their top pitching prospects, Leiter, Colwyn, Kumar Rocker, are ready for the big leagues. But they're ready to compete now. They have offensive pieces who have come up who have been fun, a lot of fun outfielders. So I think they've spent their money really wisely, actually. And they've kind of accelerated this rebuilding process as quickly as they could have. Yeah, you're just waiting for Anthony Volpe to get promoted and he'll be in the stolen base conversation with the speed he's been showing in the preseason. But I, I do agree that if you're going if to, the, if the Rangers are going to make the playoffs and be competitive at the top, uh, you know, Seager is the good luck for that MVP number. Because if they're, if that offense is going to perform and if that offense is going to produce, it's going to be on the back of him. I'm not so high on that offense. You look at their team, the guys they brought in, Robbie Grossman, Brad Miller, just unappealing players, just kind of journeymen that really I don't think have that much of an impact to be made. Uh, you know, Adolis Garcia is going to be good, but not too big on them. I think, like Zerolo said, the, the pitching that they went in and got this offseason, DeGrom and Evaldi, you know, make them a competitive team here. I'm looking toward the other team, another team in this division, which we'll get to shortly as far as preseason uh, futures go. But uh, not a huge fan on Andrew Heaney. Martin, Martin Perez, I'm not that high on either. Uh, just, you know, I think they're going to be around maybe one of the most average ball clubs there are. And that's if DeGrom and Eovaldi are supposed to be, are staying healthy, which like they're both battling preseason injuries already. And we've seen DeGrom with the Mets. Uh, he just can't really stay healthy. The one thing I do like, and this is something that just speaks to general team building, catcher, second base, shortstop, they have a ton of power. And you can fill out other positions with power, you know, get guys like Robbie Grossman who are like average outfielders to fill out other positions. It's difficult to get that comparable of a hitter behind the plate or up the middle. So I like that you're starting with a very high baseline of power, Jonah High, Mitch Garver behind the plate, and then Seager and Semyon up the middle. That's a lot of home runs from three positions that you typically don't get a ton of power from. So that does lift them just from a general perspective, being able to find other pieces to fill in at the other positions are more available. So. Right, you're higher for. Is, yeah, I think this team is a couple of years away. Like, I think I think that this team is setting up very nicely for the future. I just don't know about this season if they're really have it all together. But I do I do agree with you know, Jonah Heim is is a nice piece, and of course you know they unloaded on Seager and Simeon. 
And Zerillo says in his write-up that this is a team that does interest him from a, a daily betting perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. When, when you have starting pitching of that caliber, it's going to be difficult to make you too big of an underdog on any day. Um, the defense is going to hurt them, as I said, and I factor in defense pretty well. But the new rules, the speed, the stolen bases, like they're going to be a ton of fun. Bubba Thompson, the projected opening day center fielder. I didn't know if they would project him as the opening day center fielder, but he is in there right now as the nine hitter. So that guy's going to steal 40, 50 bags if he plays every day. Okay, so we've done a lot of win to- for most of our previews, win totals as well as potential uh, division winners. And, and and the guy sitting next to me here, Zarillo, I don't know he, he did he did he tune in to pay off pitch last year when we faded the freaking Angels. This team, this team. So Zarillo already is is annoyed because he's already prepared for Mike Trout to get walked in extra innings. Yeah, right. So that so Zarillo hates that role. <laughs> Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from ensuance. Excludes Michigan, disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Let's talk about the Angels. Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, can they stay healthy for a full season? I don't know. I mean, I'm very interested in possibly having an opportunity to bet the live uh, win total under at the All-Star break again this year. That was one of my favorite, my only play on payoff pitch last year. Uh, Charlie. We'll let Charlie go first, though, because he's actually, he just, if you look in the action app, uh, we're recording on March 8th. He already dabbled on this team to win the World Series. Explain yourself. Right. I mean, I think, I think when it comes to the Angels, right, it's all about can they stay healthy uh, and, and with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. And if they do, I think the sky's the limit for this team as far as being able to make a run in the playoffs. They're starting to slowly become a top team. Patrick Sandoval made incredible strides last season. Reed Detmers. Should only uh, uh, it should only get better as the uh, season progresses and as he gets more into his major league career. They added Tyler Anderson, of course. They have Shohei Otani, so the team, from a pitching perspective, has addressed one of their biggest liabilities. The bullpen will be still fine, but not as amazing. But then you look at the offense: Logan Ohop, uh, top fifty prospect, Brandon Drury, Hunter Renfro come over uh, from the free agency. They're they're slowly becoming a solid team, and it's all about injuries. So when I look at the Angels from a Backline perspective on betting them, I'm not looking at their, you know, win total as much as I am, you know, if everything clicks for this team, the sky's the limit. So that's why at 50 to one, I think that they're look they're worth a look at the World Series because 
you know, if, if they all click and they, and they stay healthy and then, and then it's, uh, you've seen what the Phillies are able to do when, when you get into the playoffs and you get healthy, anything can happen. And this team is as talented as anyone. It's just a matter of every year they underperform. So, and I'm also looking at them to make the playoffs at plus 200. I think they're a lot better than the Rangers from just an overall perspective. So I'm betting on them to stay healthy. And I think that this number 50 to one is going to be in the twenties, if not lower come, you know, that August time, September. Zerillo, you actually sort of agree here as far as, as far as a divisional perspective, which a division odds play would get them in the playoffs, obviously. Um, any more, anything more you want to say about Mike Trout being walked in the 10th <laughs> inning? <laughs> You know, they they finally do have some depth behind guys like Trout and Otani, and that's that is a reason to be higher on a team like the Angels this year. Taylor Ward breakout last year. Uh Logan O'Hop, Charlie mentioned I like quite a bit. I project him second amongst AL rookies in wins above replacement per plate appearance. So 25 to 1, Logan O'Hop to an AL rookie of the year, I think is a solid bet. Otani is your AL MVP favorite. I think that is justified based on his combined pitching and hitting contributions. If you like Otani, I would bet his Cy Young odds. Because at 12 to 1, he is my second best projected pitcher in American League wins rope replacement, right behind Carlos Rodon. And Rodon is very injury prone too. So I think those are some solid numbers in the prop market on the Angels. There's also, in addition to Otani, 12 to 1 to Cy Young, the Angels 12 to 1 to win their division. Fangraphs, Pakoda, both around 13.7, 13.8% on the Angels to win the division. That consensus line should be about plus 625. Roughly, as I said, 13.7%. The betting market is as high as plus 1,200. That is closer to 7.8% in implied odds. You're basically getting a 5 6% edge on the Angels to win their division. You're going to lose that bet over 80% of the time. But you're getting a very, very nice edge on the upside projection of the Angels where everything comes together for them to win their division. You don't have to allocate a lot of it but you should be allocating something to the Angels at 12 to 1 to win the AL West. The upside projection is built in there. They have the widest range of outcomes of any team, certainly. They could go way under their win total if guys get hurt, but they could also, as Charlie said, be a World Series contender if everything clicks. So certainly think the number is just way off on their divisional odds. They were 4 to 1 last year to win this division, and their team is way better this year. So yeah, I honestly do not get that AL West price. I should probably bet more on it. I just know it's going to lose, but it is a bet that I think everybody should play just because the number is so obviously off. So just to be clear though, and I have your projections up here too, you have, you have the angels at Sean Zarillo. You have them at 82 and a half. So that's, that's slightly, that's slightly over their projection or their number right now at bet MGM. So given the fact you like unders on Seattle and Houston, but you, you still want to stay away from a win total with the Angels too. Yeah, you know, it's it's not enough. Normally I look for a three-win gap between my projection and the listed total before I make a play. If the composite projection is, you know, going to give me a little bit more juice, I'll compromise with it. Maybe I'll go two and a half or two wins, but there's only a win of difference here in the win total. I just think the range of outcomes is so much wider compared to every other team. That's why the divisional odds are so appealing. And, you know, forget my projection here. Uh, Fangraphs has them finishing third in the division, just like I do. And they still have them at 13%. Picota is even higher on this team. They have them second in the division and they have the same projection because they're higher on Houston. So it's like all three of us see the team kind of differently and where they fall in terms of their win total. But we all sort of arrive at the same conclusion. 
that their divisional odds are undervalued and likely their world series odds too. But yeah, just purely divisional perspective, especially as we talk about with the Astros coming in to the season a little bit banged up other guys playing in the world baseball classic for them. So there's definitely reasons to take a long shot in this division. Just the Astros, I think continue to be underrated by the projection market. Right. I think, I, th- I think like, like he said, and, and why both of us are not playing on the win total is that is the fact that there's such a wide array of outcomes for the angels, but you know, if you're betting on their upside, it's better to invest in a future of them winning their division or for me winning the world series, because that number will be, you know, as far as for me for the world series, that number will be cut in half, if not lower, if they, the potential lives through. We'll see what happens at the all-star break. If we can, um, and I like that Charlie said they're plus 200 to make the playoffs. Yeah. They're plus 200. You, you know, again, like Pakoda is at 54% to make the playoffs. Fangraphs is at 40% to make the playoffs. There's certainly value in that to make the playoffs number as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's close. Uh, Okay, finally, a win total Zerillo actually uh, wants to bet on in this division. I was getting curious. The Oakland Athletics, to to set the table on Oakland last year, they won just 60 games. They lost 102, the most second most losses in baseball, only behind the Nationals. And looking at their projection for uh, or their total set right now at BetMGM, 59 and a half. Last year they were projected sixty-eight and a half wins, and they they fell well short of that. What, what about the Angels? Gives you confidence now to take an over. Yeah, you know they were never going to be competitive last year. They were very obviously oh, selling off. Angels, A's. Sorry. Yeah, the the A's were were very obviously selling off players going into the season last year. It was evident they were never intending on being competitive. They were also fighting with their city, potentially negotiating with the city of Las Vegas about potential relocations. They had a lot going on. This year, though, and I, I think that is the worst that they're going to get from a calendar perspective in the next few years, because I think their roster this year is back on the improve. Not only do they have top prospects like Tyler Soderstrom, Zach Jeloff eventually coming up, but they added a ton of major league caliber pieces over the offseason. Jesus Aguilar, Jace Peterson, J.J. Blade, they traded for Asturi Ruiz, Manny Pena behind the dish, Aledmus Diaz. There's a, that's a lot of guys we're going to give you major league average contributions that last year they were just filling with Christian Bethencourt as their DH and number four hitter. Uh, It's, it's a drastic difference in their roster. Plus you add in Shea Langoliers coming up last year, Nick Allen, who's a phenomenal defender coming up last year. Ramon Laureano was suspended to start the season for PED use. You're getting a full seasons from all those guys. You traded for Ken Waldachuk, signed a couple pitchers from Asia this is a completely different team than they had coming into last year. Their win total dropped by about 10 wins. Right. They went under by roughly the same amount last year, but I think this roster is in better shape for 2023 than it was for 2022. So I like the over up to 59 and a half. I bet it at 57 and a half. The composite projection would actually go as high as 60 and a half. So I think you can compromise there. Okanay's over up to 60. Set a bet at 57 and a half a couple of weeks ago. I think that is mostly moved but I still like this over up to 60. I know it's a difficult division. I just think this team, even if they win 100 games, I don't see them losing 103, 104, 105 games. They might go 60 and 102, but that seems like the worst possible outcome for them. Broken record take, but tough division. You're playing them less though because of the new scheduling format, right? Yeah, more games against the AL Central, weaker division certainly helps. Right. All right. Any angle on the uh, the ace? No, I, I kind of said told Zerillo before this. I'll let him just take it here. I mean, Waldachuk is very interesting for 
like just like he's a mid four expected ERA player. He's going to get a lot of innings in rotation. I'm, I believe he's still up for the rookie of the year. So that would be the angle. Like if you theoretically wanted like a, a long shot, but I don't really have anything. I don't really love them. I mean, I, you know, 59 and a half is, is a very, very low number. I just don't know if I could be watching this team as much and be betting on a season long future with them. So. Yeah, DeBundo said the other day, if there was another team besides the A's, it would be the Rockies, a team that just does not interest him whatsoever. Yeah. So. I mean, if I could bet on gold gloves, I would bet on Nick Allen to win a gold glove. Uh, <laughs> this guy makes tremendous defensive plays every time he steps on the field. He can't really hit. But if you're just looking for a fun guy to watch defensively on the A's, Nick Allen is tremendously fun to watch on defense, which I can't say about a lot of players in baseball. Okay, that does it for your AL West betting preview. Once again, you can find all of our betting previews for each of the six divisions wherever you get your podcast. Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast presented by BetMGM. We look forward to uh, coming to you live during the season, a couple times a week with those bigger slates. We'll be breaking them down. For Sean Zarillo, Charlie Disturco, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for listening to Payoff Pitch. We'll talk to you again real soon. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.